KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, DIY creatives, and among all those groups, I'm sure you are counted. I'm Laura Jones, and thanks for plugging into your community tonight. Stick around. We're going to talk with And Justice for All for another round of Music Meets Activism. That nonprofit is a collaboration of Utah's primary providers of civil legal aid. Also on the show, we have Rainbow Railroads, Dane Bland, in town tonight as part of the Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy's World Affair Lecture Series. Going to be talking to Dane about the LGBTQI plus global crisis. And you still have time to get up to Westminster. It starts at 7. He'll address an epidemic of violence and persecution around the globe. Plus, we've got the Local Initiative Summit coming up. We're going to talk to them shortly. And also, J.C. Thornton from Journey of Hope on Felons. Utah folks with felony records. You can and should vote here in the Beehive State. So stick around for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who supported Radioactive and all of the programming here on KRCL during Radiothon. I want to say thank you to Doug Leon, as well as Joe Ungvarsky and Jocelyn Curl of Third Son. Thank you for all of your support during Radiothon. And we raised, all told, from 1,258 donors this time around, nearly $200,000 to go into KRCL's operating budget. We come to you twice a year. 85% of our budget made up of contributions from listeners like you. And if you didn't choose the ship to me option, SHIP, you can come this Thursday to the station, 4 to 7 p.m. to pick up your thank you gifts. Some of them are time time sensitive. If you got that holiday sweatshirt, which I think there's a few still available online at krcl.org, you're going to want to come down and get that on Thursday. After Thursday, just during business hours, you can come by and pick up your thank you gifts. All right, let's get into rallies and resources online at krcl.org. Click Community Affairs, and you'll find the Rallies and Resources tab. Coming up on Saturday the 29th, it's Utah's 14th annual ginormous pumpkin drop at Hee Haw Farms. It's in Pleasant Grove between 2 and 4, taking those pumpkins and having some fun with it. It's also the Friends of the Salt Lake City Public Library book donation drive. You donate books, they're able to get them into the hands of readers, but also they do have a couple of uh, book sales throughout the years, throughout the year to raise funds for the city library. On a Sunday, actually, October 30th, it's Queer Open Mic at Under the Umbrella Bookstore in downtown Salt Lake City. It's part of the Utah Humanities Book Festival. And River Riding Collective welcomes all QTs to Under the Umbrella, where they will serenade Ode and get real with one another. More details on the Rallies and Resources page of krcl.org. I have a couple of special guests, as I mentioned, for Rallies and Resources. And we're going to talk with the folks from By the People shortly. But first, J.C. Thornton from Journey of Hope, which it's been a while since we've had Shannon on the show from Journey of Hope. So remind folks for us, J.C., what Journey of Hope does in our community. Yeah, Journey of Hope is a nonprofit that's worker-owned and self-directed. Um, and we work with individuals, women of all ages and queer folks that have been previously harmed or incarcerated to um, begin on their healing journey of hope. Mm-hmm. And so that looks like um, case management that is both trauma-informed and gender responsive, um, as well as mentorship, which is unique 
for yeah. Utah. We're the only organization going into the women's prison and meeting with women before they leave incarceration and continuing to walk alongside them and support them as they um, get the resources they need for reintegration into yeah, society. That yes. transition from incarceration to rest, you know, rest of your life can be a tricky one. So thanks yes. for all the work that you do. In particular, you sent me a press release this morning and said, hey, felons can and should vote in Utah. Can you help us get the word out? Yes. And we've seen lots of stories across the country about um, felons and their rights to vote. I'm thinking Florida in particular. And so I'm always thinking, okay, now what is it again here in Utah? Can you spell it out for us? Yeah, so there's a patchwork of laws across the country for disenfranchisement for people who have um, committed an offense. And um, it creates a lot of confusion. So we want to send a very clear message that anyone who's um, looking at our Facebook page and seeing what we have posted legally, uh -huh. <laughs> that they have the right to vote. So it's automatically restored unto everybody. Uh, once you are on probation or parole, even if you're living in a Community Connect Corrections facility. Even if you got to still pay some restitution? Even if deal? you still have to pay restitution. And that's way different than Florida. Yes. And also pre-sentencing. If you have a warrant for your arrest, you can vote. The people at the polls, even if you vote the same day, mm -hmm. they will not and cannot arrest you. So you should go vote. And then clear up those judicial <laughs> issues afterwards. How many poll workers do you think are familiar with these laws? Any um, concern this year? I don't have concerns with our poll workers. I think the concern is with the individuals who've listened to the news. Because Florida is a unique case. There's news outlets all over the country that are basically um, echoing what's happened in, in Florida. Yeah. And they have arrested 20 people, 15 of which are black. Yes. And so in a state that um, has a long history of voter suppression mm -hmm. of our BIPOC community, yeah. um, to have 15 of 19 individuals that were arrested because a poll worker, or I'm sorry, a person that was registering them to vote, Told said, them. oh, you can Gave vote. Gave them the info in the cards. Yes, they said there was a new law two years ago, so back four years ago, that passed, if I believe correctly, uh -huh. in Florida, that said you can vote, um, that we're restoring the, the yeah. right to vote. What they didn't include it, unless you're a sex of, on the sex offender registry mm -hmm. or you committed a murder. Okay. And when these individuals who had those backgrounds told the people that were registering them that they had that, they said, oh, go ahead and fill it out and then you won't be registered. And there's videos you can see where they're getting arrested two years later and yeah. they said, I didn't commit fraud. You told I was, me. I got the card. Yeah. I went and voted. I did my, yeah. my civil obligation I was so excited for. I think and one of those cases has already been thrown out. Two days ago. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's Florida. Let's talk Utah again because <laughs> just by talking about what's gone on in Florida, it's we may have confused some people. So in Utah, felons can and should vote. Yes. Anyone with a, a criminal background can vote. There is no restriction in the state of Utah, which I love that in a conservative state, we have one of the most progressive um, voter voting rights for restoration of rights. And um, we're in a super in red state, right? So this is, this is bipartisan <laughs> support from, from both parties. Um, so you're trying to get the word out. You're here on Radioactive. You have some events coming up. Yes. So a couple of these were events we already had planned and we're mm -hmm. like, we really need to get the word out. Let's so let's fold it in. Fold it in. So um, Kern's Library this Thursday. We are happy to um, unofficially, but 
somewhat co-host an event with Salt Lake Community College at the Kearns Library for our clients for their work and learn um, program. So short-term training for individuals to be CDL um, truck drivers or to get, um, I believe it's CAD training and things that can, yeah. they get them um, very equitable pay. Yeah. And so we'll also have um, neighbor works there and kind of representing some of the things we can provide to people who are getting that next step up. But then we're gonna say also come and register to vote today. It's, it'll be um, the second to the last day that you can register early to for mail-in voting so you could still get a ballot you can still get a ballot up into yeah in the mail right by the 28th of this month otherwise you just go to the poll and register like anyone else same day day registration here i want to vote they give you a provisional ballot you put supply your information and you vote yes you're a utah like the rest of us so thursday at the kearns library again what time this is 12 to 1 o'clock You'll at be the Kearns there. Library. You can yes. answer questions. And yes. there's another event coming up. Yes, and we l- love our community partner, Pictar. They're having a Heels to Heal event on Saturday. Pictar, Pacific Islander Knowledge to Action Resources, right? You nailed that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love that I was group. like, please don't quiz me. I, ah, I forget. <laughs> there we go. So they're doing a, a Heels to Heal um, event that we're working alongside them with mm-hmm. and going to let people know that though you miss the window, you can still register to vote same day bring a a piece of mail and your id and you can get in and vote Um, and then finally on election day we are going to have a party at our office and so um it can be really nerve-wracking with all that's going on and concerns um, if you're queer or um, a survivor of domestic violence to go to the polls. And so we're having the space at our office in Sandy. Look up our Facebook website for that address. But we're just going to have like coffee and donuts. Okay. So come before, after you go to vote. If you need a ride, we'll pick you up, take you to the poll, and just stand beside you. And um, when you're done voting, we'll take you back to our office and have some coffee. There you go. So how can people get more information about all of the things we just talked about, including most especially felons, Utahns with felony records can and should vote in Utah? Uh, the easiest thing is um, vote.utah.gov is all the legal information there. You about can voting, s- period. Yes. You can see some very simple graphics we have on our Facebook. Um, I saw some other graphics with like a courtroom and it says your voting rights are restored and it's just confusing because Uh it makes you think, well, I have to go to court now. Yeah. (laughs) So we want to make it super simple and we know for the presidential cycle, we got to do this much earlier. We got to get a, a, um, a coalition of ACLU and others to get involved to really amplify this, this message. Sounds like you might need some volunteers. So what's the website? Absolutely. Journeyofhopeutah.org. Well, JC, thanks so much for coming down. Going to have to have you and some folks from Journey of Hope come in and do Music Meets Activism like we're doing with Injustice for All later. So let's stay in touch. Yes, would love to. Thank you so much for your time. All right. We're going to next go to our final special guests for Rallies and Resources. And there is a conference coming up or a summit, 2022 Local Initiatives by the People's David Shutt is here and Darren Mann. How you doing? Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us, Laura. Yeah, thank you very much. So, David, it's been a while, and we were reminiscing before we opened the show that when we first met and you came and introduced your organization, your new nonprofit, Big Goals, OneDemocracy.org, by the people, um, it was in 2020, (laughs) President's Weekend, I think, President's Day weekend, and then, of course, COVID. 
Yep. So you've been busy, though. You've not been uh, sitting out waiting for the pandemic or the economy or whatever to turn whichever way. And now this local initiative summit looks great. Saturday, November 5th, 3 to 8 p.m. Where is it? What's it about? Can you give us the baseline? So on Saturday, November 5th, we're going to be at Church and State from 3 to 8. And the idea is to bring together citizens, leaders, activists, organizations around a few different issues. We're doing a a couple panels. We're going to do an education panel, a housing panel, the Great Salt Lake, issues that affect us all that can be contentious. But, you know, I think we can all find some common ground on it. And we'd like to also just discuss, you know, communication, cooperation, how to overcome government gridlock and how to really like focus on common sense solutions together. I think I saw you talking with JC and maybe there's a connection made there to bring them into the conversation as well. But Darren Mann, you're going to be speaking at this, right? So I'm a moderator. Moderator. Yes. And Village Cooperative is one of your groups, many groups. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm involved in a lot of things, but, um, uh, as an advisor to One Democracy or by the people, um, it's very interesting because, you know, David has said about what this group is, but it's all about finding common ground, right? Mm-hmm. And as a, you know, I've been on the show many times, and um, it's all about how do we come together as a people um, over contentious issues and really establish. So when I was meeting with JC, I was like, hey, this is a very important issue, you know, ed- we're going to be talking about education as far as, you know, the CRT, you know, theories of gender and how we educate our youth about those issues and how very important it is that we find common ground. Um, and it's really time for us to come together as a community to solve those things. And that's what One Democracy does is it gives, a, gives us an avenue to really seek the solutions that, you know, we're all trying to find the answer to, but we get so emotional about those different topics. We and kind so, of paint ourselves into a corner about our, our, our like, this This is my my deal breaker. We have so many, really, uh, those deal breakers are pretty easy to hit, it seems like, in these polarized times. So how do we get past those? Um, I mean, for me, it's been gardening. It's like, you can, yeah. you can, you can really find a solution when you're under the shade of a fruit tree, you know, and you're finding common ground within that. But we also need to just have discussion and not, you know, polarize ourselves and really start to see the opposition as people rather than Mm -hmm. the opposition, right? Stop othering each other. Um, And that's what one democracy seeks to do is it seeks to find a common ground where we can organize and vote on what is best for us and that's why this is kind of our coming out party right david is a is our coming out party um of like hey this is how we're going to find common ground through discussion and through seeing where the populace is Mm -hmm. you know and that's why we've had so many wonderful speakers we have rocky anderson who's going to talk about housing we have um kathleen senator kathleen reby who's going to talk about education sarah really um jessica fivash who's part of you know save the utah children um we have you know Deidre Henderson, who's going to be talking about the Great Salt Lake. Um, and hopefully the URC, Utah Rivers Council, is going to be joining us um, and other wonderful speakers um, so that we can really dive deep into these conversations. Because, again, that is our mission. 
mm-hmm. as one democracy or by the people to really dive deep into these conversations oh have an open channel for dialogue in because i don't know about you but since 2020 oof, it's been really tough laura mm-hmm. it's been really tough we've been like really like i've seen a lot of my friends turn into people that are strangers now based based off of ideologies and it's it's time for us to start having real conversations so that we can become friends yeah. and we can become a community once again and like really form the bonds that build a better world all right david so you're also inviting local businesses and area nonprofits to join in this conversation and table around the local initiatives event yeah, it's a good opportunity for different organizations to show that they support bipartisanship and solution-based conversation. Um, you know, we would love to invite more speakers. If you can't attend in person, we invite you to register through the website and attend virtually. Uh, you can ask questions to the panelists. And, you know, we really just want to bring everybody together on this and, you know, see where we can where we can align ourselves because... A lot of times we get locked into our, you know, our community council meetings and we're all raising our hands and we have, you know, 20 seconds to ask a question. And then a month later we follow up and we we hear they've already made a decision behind closed doors when we've heard so many good ideas at these meetings, but we don't really have any interim discussions. And so this is kind of an opportunity to start opening that door and allowing the greater community to be part of these discussions. So where can people get more information, sign up to attend, plan it, put it on their schedule now? Yeah, um, hit up communitysummit2022.org. You can register. I encourage everyone to register. Uh, we're looking for volunteers. So, you know, please, if you are available on that day, we could definitely use your help. And you can learn more about By the People at One Democracy. that's O-N-E, democracy.org. Thanks so much for coming in. I appreciate it. Thank you so much and for good having to see us, you again. It's so Both good to you. see you, too. I'm, I'm so glad we can uh, continue this and that we're still trucking along. Good Absolutely. To you, well. you too, Darren. All right, folks. Tonight at 7 o'clock up at Westminster College, we have the Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy and their World Affairs Lecture Series, the LGBTQI plus Global Crisis, Addressing an Epidemic of Violence and Persecution. Had a chance to, to talk earlier today, came down to the studios. Uh, Dane Bland, Director of Development and Communication for Rainbow Railroad, to talk about or give a sneak peek of what he's going to talk about when it comes to addressing an epidemic of violence and persecution worldwide. So here's that conversation. Let's pass the microphone and find out more. I'm Dane Bland. I'm the Director of Development and Communications at Rainbow Railroad. And you're in town for one of the Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy lectures. They're Ambassador John Price and Marcia Price World Affairs Speaker Series. Speaking tonight, I believe, at Westminster College. So, folks, as you're listening to this, you still have time to get up there. He'll be speaking at 7 o'clock at Westminster College. And the subject is the LGBTQI plus global crisis addressing an epidemic of violence and persecution. So we're hoping to get a little sneak peek here. Be happy to give you one. So what is the global picture? We, we, we talk quite a bit on this show about what's going on with LGBTQIA plus um, civil rights mm-hmm. and the situation in Utah, but what's happening globally? Well, you know, we, 
when we're looking at home, it's easy to get mired in everything that's going on here. Um, but it's still important to recognize that even in the eyes of an organization like Rainbow Railroad, that the United States is still a country that, at least in its constitution and as defined, protects LGBTQI plus people for the most part at a federal level. You know, get complex, but um, that is the case. And in North America, in Western Europe, in many parts of South America, um, in more progressive parts of the world, LGBTQI plus people have protections. But there are 70 countries around the world right now where LGBTQI plus people face violence and persecution just for loving who they love. In those countries, they can be put into prison. In 11 of them, they can be sentenced to death for expressing themselves authentically. And here at home, we see another lavender panic, if you will, mm-hmm. being politicized as we come to uh, these midterms, mm-hmm. um, this election in November. Are there parallels? Is it different in other countries or is it the same moral panic we're seeing from the moral majority? There's some aspects of that around the world. You know, I don't think we've invested or sorry, I don't think we've invented Um, any new way to perpetuate hate or to persecute people here um, or around the world. Um, It's all the same playbook. Uh, Moral panic, saying that LGBTQI plus people are unclean, that they spread disease, that they groom children. These are all awful, completely inaccurate stereotypes that you see really commonly shared among in these governments where LGBTQI plus people can be put into prison in these 70 countries. They can't here, but they can in other places. The logic is the same, but there are other there are other holdovers as well. There's religious extremism um, that is on the books. There's holdovers from colonialism in many parts of Africa and the Caribbean, where anti sodomy laws that were exported from Victorian England are still on the books um, and have resulted in really being sort of extrapolated into this really really horrible space where LGBTQI plus people are now facing violence in the streets based on an antiquated law, you know, from 1890-something. It's really, really ridiculous. Um, and in recent times, we've actually seen sort of a rebirth of what what is an awful, awful um, movement, which is that LGBTQI plus people are unclean and spreaders of disease. We're so seeing the, that with the monkeypox crisis correct, going around. But also with COVID. Um, mm. There were raids. Uh, it, Rainbow Railroad actually responded to raids in Ghana and Uganda, where they closed shelters for LGBTQI plus people and arrested mass mass arrests in Ghana. I think it was 21 or 22. In Uganda, it was 44 people. And the arrests, the charges that were laid against them were public health COVID-19 violation charges, but it was an excuse. Wow. Yeah. So tell me about your organization and what you do around the world. Rainbow Railroad is an international LGBTQI plus organization. We have an office in New York City and an office in Toronto, Canada, which is where we were founded in 2006. And our mission is simple. Around the world, in these countries and everywhere else that LGBTQI plus people face persecution and violence, we help them get to safety in whatever way we possibly can. So really uh, drawing on that history of the Underground Railroad and uh, bringing people out of slavery during that time in our country. So how can folks help? How can they get involved? I mean, there's a number of different ways. And I, I love that you mentioned the Underground Railroad. It's actually on our website. It's it, We are 
born in the spirit, a group of activists born in the spirit of the Underground Railroad, um, queer black activists, many from the Caribbean who escaped, um, wanted to pay it forward and do that for others. And so that is the spirit on which our organization was founded. And also um, emphasizing that equal rights, it's in a, if you don't have it for the least of us, you really don't have it for the rest of us. That's 100% correct. And a barometer, an amazing barometer of, you know, where human rights are at in a country is how it treats its LGBTQI plus population. That's a really solid barometer of, you know, how to sort of measure where where progress is at. Uh, women in the LGBTQI plus population. You can tell how, how a country is based on how those two people are doing. Um, in terms of help, I mean, there's a couple of things. Number one, you know, attend the lecture this evening because <laughs> one of the most radical things that you can do when it comes to this global issue is be educated because many people don't know that there are countries where being, where being queer is illegal or the, the level of, of, I mean, there are more, there are more than double the number of countries where being queer is illegal than where you can get married legally as a, as a same-sex couple. Wow. More than double. And Just before so the Ukraine like, yeah. war broke out, mm-hmm. there was a delegation that UCCD brought here from Ukraine. And uh, I was listening to that group talk about where civil rights stood for the LGBTQ community in Ukraine. I'm like, this is like 1980s mm-hmm. in America. And mm-hmm. now with war or other um, situations breaking out in Ukraine or other parts of the world, then those rights are always thrown back. 100%. I mean, think about Ukraine as a country, for example, where you can't change the birth markers on your um, documentation to reflect your, your gender. Um, now, imagine being a trans woman whose documentation doesn't reflect that under enforced conscription um, in Ukraine or in Russia. Um, and being conscripted into the military, first of all, is unsafe based on your gender identity. And second of all, these people would be attacked or beaten by their own comrades because there's still not cultural acceptance, especially of trans identities. So you can absolutely imagine, both in Russia and Ukraine, we've seen a, a really significant spike in requests from uh, with Rainbow Railroad, you know, tenfold over last year as a result of sort of the ongoing conflict. So yeah, education, the most radical thing that you can do. Attend the lecture, visit our website, learn a little bit more, rainbowrailroad.org if you're curious. Um, of course, we accept financial donations. Uh, I would be doing my job if I didn't mention that. But really, the the most I think the most one of the other things that you can really do is, as you mentioned, there are midterm elections coming up, um, and one of the really important things you can do is you can elect officials who believe in LGBTQI plus rights, and you can also elect officials who believe that America can be a home for refugees as well because we sit at the direct intersection of those two things. And until we become more accepting of newcomers here, then we're going to see a continuation a continued, you know, inability of a, an organization like Rainbow Railroad to do its job effectively and to provide support to people in need. So when people reach out to you, mm-hmm. I'm guessing they do that through the website. Correct. Um, how do you get them out of their countries or the situations? Do you bring them to America specifically? How does that work? We actually resettle people into 20 different countries all around the world. So Canada and the United States are in what we call our big six. Um, so Canada, the U.S., the U.K., Germany, France. Spain and the, ne- Spain and the Netherlands are up there as well. Um, we resettle people through a variety of different mechanisms. Sometimes that involves them you know, traveling and claiming asylum in different places and by plane, train, automobile really, all to, to get them to where they need to be, to navigate complex legal frameworks of immigrations because, you know, the United States won't, the United States won't grant a visa to somebody from Iran, 
So how do we get someone from Iran to safety? And where is safe? And what does that look like? It's incredibly logistically challenging and complicated. It costs about 10,000 US dollars just to facilitate an evacuation. And that doesn't even take into consideration what someone needs to be supported once they arrive. Once they arrive. Correct. Could folks listening perhaps offer their home as a sanctuary, either for a time, a fostering, or uh, to help someone uh, adapt and adjust? I mean, with when it comes to Rainbow Railroad, um, we, we have a place on our website where you can indicate that you'd be willing to host somebody. It can take years to match because we want to take into consideration the person at the end of the day and their desires and where they want to go and what's going to be best for them. Uh, but there are, I guarantee you, other community refugee organizations, community sponsorship organizations that are here that would be more than willing to work with you and, and need some support from people at home. And maybe some of those refugees are LGBTQI plus identified. What's the website one more time where folks can learn more? RainbowRailroad.org. Easy. Dame Bland, Rainbow Railroad. Check tonight's show notes for a link to the organization, but you also have time. You can keep listening to us in the car while you get up to Westminster College's Gore School of Business Auditorium for the lecture he's giving tonight as part of the Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy's uh, World Affair Lecture Series. And the topic, of course, tonight, LGBTQI plus global crisis, addressing an epidemic of violence and persecution. Dane, when he was here, told me that the organization over the years has helped more than 5,000 people find safety. So uh, an organization doing good work around the globe. Stick around when we come back. It's time for Music Meets Activism with our friends from And Justice For All. You're going to find out about the nonprofit. Here's a song off their playlist. Little Bob Marley, Get Up Stand Up on KRCL 90.9. Restoring Ancestral Winds will host Rekindling Harmony and Balance, Indigenous Healing from Trauma, from 10 to 5 on November 4th at the Salt Lake City Public Library. Conference presenters will provide attendees with content relevant to serving Native American populations who live in urban areas and tribal nations. More details at rockconference2022.eventbrite.com. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru, a community partner of YWCA Utah and the Stand Against Racism Challenge. Mark Miller Subaru loves diversity. Learn more at ywcautah.org and markmillersubaru.com. KRCL would like to thank everyone for supporting community radio during Fall Radiothon. And thanks to the Rose Establishment, Trader Joe's, and Talakola's Ivani Nash for keeping us well-fed throughout the drive. A big thanks from the volunteers, DJs, and staff here at 90.9 FM KRCL. Yes, thank you so much, folks. Together, uh, we raised nearly $200,000, and that's how we do it twice a year. Come to you. You hold the license. Listeners Community Radio of Utah. You can learn more about all of that. And you still have time to donate at krcl.org. I'm Laura Jones, and this is Radioactive, KRCL's community affairs show. Coming up at 7, it's Democracy Now!, followed by Red, White, and Blues with Brian Kelm, Night Train with Michelle Tanner at 10.30, and then John Florence, starting your brand new day again at 6 a.m. You can listen to the last two weeks of any show online at krcl.org. Just hit the Programs tab to listen on demand. You can sort by show title or by date.
All right. Music Meets Activism is a way for us to bring in folks in the community, individuals, nonprofits, and have some fun and blend a playlist with the conversation. So joining me now, we have folks from And Justice for All. Welcome to the program. We have Stacy Duke, Executive Director. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having us. It's been like a year I've been working on you to get I you know. in here with your with your crew. It's been so crazy. And joining us, we have two attorneys with the organization, and we're going to talk about how that works because Nate Krippus is here. Hi, Nate. Hey, Laura. How are you? At doing well, and you're with the Disability Law Center. Then Amy uh, Morgan, Deputy Director at Utah Legal Services. Hi. Yeah, good evening. So, Stacey, explain to me how And Justice for All works. Well, And Justice for All was this very innovative idea back in 1999 where the three largest organizations, legal aid organizations, decided to join forces, uh, especially around fundraising and collaboration in order to stop competing with each other. And after that went so well, we ended up buying a building together and now we all co-locate together, which is been like a huge benefit saved us a lot of money and we're able to help people in one location and have some central intake so it's been like very successful we're so proud you just moved in recently right we just moved in so we've had a building um we had a building uh that we bought uh years ago that was damaged in the earthquake and that along with some other reasons we decided to go ahead and build a new facility Actually, it was a remodel of a really old building, a historic building. Um, and it's 960 South Main, if you want to drive by. And yes, we've been, we're still on the last little bit of co- construction, but we have already moved in and we are loving it. So still three organizations under this umbrella? Yes, yes. And we we offer our conference space to use for other organizations. Um, and Justice for All also does a grants program that serves another nine legal aid organizations. Okay. So the main three organizations are? It's Utah Legal Services, Disability Law Center, and Legal Aid Society of Salt Lake. And between all these organizations, how many folks do you help? Uh, we have about, in our building, we have about 45 people. I, I know Utah Legal Services has a couple of other locations. Uh, and maybe Amy can talk about how many mm-hmm. people work. Yeah, we definitely have different geographic locations, but in terms of uh, clients served, is that what you're looking yeah, for, Laura, yeah. a little bit? Um, we get probably fifteen to 16,000 requests for assistance per year just through our organization alone, yeah. and we are able to assist a little over 50% of those folks, give them legal advice and full representation. So what kind of services are folks needing here between Disability Law Center and legal services? So for Utah Legal Services, I could speak for uh, us, the majority of our cases are family law cases or domestic cases. People refer to them in both ways. Um, Those are things like divorce, custody issues, protective orders, stocking injunctions. And for our agency, we really focus our services on victims, helping victims of domestic violence. So that's the largest percentage of our caseload. After that, tenants' rights is another huge area. Oh, but that's growing. Is it? What's the reason for that? <laughs> yes, so we will definitely not run out of work in that area at all. Um, and then we have other areas of practice as well that help with um, public benefits, consumer rights, and then three really specialized units that look out for the legal needs of senior citizens, agricultural workers, and Native Americans throughout the state. That is a lot. Nate, how about the uh, Disability Law Center? Uh, so the Disability Law Center actually receives about 4,000 requests for assistance each year, um, and uh, I, I 
it kind of depends. We, I would say with all of them, we provide some level of, of service. Yeah. Um, if we, if it's not an issue we can assist with, we'll certainly look for a, a referral or somewhere we can send them to oftentimes to Utah legal services actually, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice to know kind of the people were they're in the house, they're in the house. So we say, Hey, we can't assist with that. But we know a great organization that can, um, yeah. and so we send them their way. Um, but yeah, we, we do, um, you know, disability based work. So we're the state's protection and advocacy agency. Um, every state and territory actually has an organization like ours where federally mandated to exist. Um, and uh, we seek to advance and enforce the legal rights, opportunities, choices of people with disabilities across the state of Utah um, in a variety of ways. And how's that going? Because when I think of the Disability Law Center and the clients, um, their lived experiences and what the general public knows, there's a big gap. There's a big gulf. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we get 4,000 calls a year. Mm-hmm. So um, there's, a, there's a lot of things people don't realize. Um, so we, you know, we do a variety of things, um, certainly, um, you know, there are, are challenges in every area. So we have employment discrimination, uh, housing discrimination, uh, problems in special education, yeah. uh, accessing government benefits and programs and things just due to your disability. Um, and so, you know, there are a lot of barriers people experience. Um, and unfortunately, you know, uh, that's, that's just the reality. But, but we're here to provide whatever assistance we can. Well, and Stacy, without an organization like all of the ones under the umbrella here at Injustice for All, a lot of folks would be going without, would be in real dire straits. And that brings us to the first song that I've picked off the playlist you sent me, a little Gloria Gaynor. Why does this song do it for Injustice for All? Well, this is one of my favorite songs, and I love using it to uh, jazz myself back up to get back out there and keep working on these issues. I will survive. Yeah. Music meets activism on KRCL Radioactive. A little Gloria Gaynor on a Monday night, folks. It's on the playlist from my guest this evening and Justice for All, which provides free or low-cost services, legal services, and, and more in our community. And uh, this is uh, their playlist. we got some more coming up, but uh, I want to hear about the next one on this list, Lean On Me, Club Nouveau. And explaining this one and why it's on the list, we have Amy Morgan, Deputy Director, Utah Legal Services. Yes, thank you. So I, I asked staff when we were we found out we were coming in, you know, for ideas on songs that they thought really um, were ideal to portray what it is that we do and the work that, that we do in in the community. And this was one of the ones that the Club Nouveau version exactly very much <laughs> specified. Um, and I think in, with this one, in my mind, it's that the work that we do, we try to be very client centered when we do it. Um, you know, try to help people not take over their legal case and tell them what they have to do, but provide them the tools, right? Everyone needs help every once in a while. We provide them those tools to help make the decisions that are going to get them access to the legal information they need so they can make decisions about how they want to move past whatever crisis they're in. And I think that's what this song speaks to. It's a very empowering approach to providing services as opposed to taking over. Very much. And uh, free and low cost. Is there a, a uh, an income level that's required or some sort of metric there? There are. For our organization, um, it's going to go off the federal poverty rate. And uh, 200% of the federal poverty level is the, the top of our our range there. When you find someone that makes maybe 
$10 over that line. Do you have the ability to refer them elsewhere? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the great things about collaborating with these other agencies with Unjustice for All, because we are all under one roof. We know who can go where and where we can refer people. But if there's ever anyone, anyone who calls in for us, our services, and we can assist, we make sure to provide them with a meaningful referral to another community organization where they can get help. All right. Lean on me, the Club Nouveau version on KRCL 90.9. Music meets activism. Lean on me, the Club Nouveau version. It's part of the Music Meets Activism playlist of my guests this evening, folks from Injustice for All. We've got Nate Krippis. And, and Nate, I always forget to ask if I'm saying your name right before we get on the you, air. You are, as a matter of fact. I'm, I'm quite impressed. <laughs> and we also have Amy Morgan and Stacy Duke. And Lean on me, I just, it's a great song on this playlist. So thanks for adding that in, y'all. Um, and when I think about what we as a society can do is make equitable policy and law. Nate, you said you could talk a bit about interim session, which was largely last week. What's going on when it comes to interim and laws that are being discussed anew or reforms? And are they good or bad for your clients? Uh, so, yeah, we had a kind of a busy interim uh, this past uh, last week. Um, we actually got asked to present on a, a settlement um, that we have with the state of Utah. Um, uh, to the Social Services Appropriations uh, Committee. I think everyone thinks of law and policy, but there's also the money. Yeah. Um, so you so got this is Disability Law Center. This is Disability Law Center. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about, so we have a, a settlement with the state of Utah that, that was a, a, a class action lawsuit that helped people um, get out of institutions and into community-based services. Um, so kind of a, you know, a more integrated approach to, to providing services and supports to people with disabilities. So we had to present to the, the committee on kind of how that's going. Um, how is it going? Because our friend Andrew Riggle, who's also a Disability Law Center, has been on the show many times talking about the wait list to get into housing. So yeah, so the, the, there's still a waiting list, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately. However, I would say last year we had a really good session. Um, we were able to, to get $30 million um, into those services. So um, $6 million went to the, the waiting list itself to help about 400 people get off of that list um, and the rest went to actually direct care staff to give them a wage increase uh, to actually attract people to come there um, and again our lawsuit was an attempt to get people into those services um, and so there are people in institutions that couldn't even access that they, they couldn't even get on the waiting they could get on the waiting list but they're never gonna get off um, and so we, we did that. We had a percent about that. And then we're also working on some uh, mental health legislation similarly to try and help um, build up a community-based uh, services for individuals with, with uh, mental illness across the state yeah. of Utah. You know, when I, I say this often on the show, and it's, I didn't invent it, but show me what you spend your money on, I'll show you what you care about. And when it comes to the state of Utah and what uh, they spend taxpayer dollars on in our name, that is no different. And so, Amy, Stacy, and Nate, tell me how we're doing when it comes to what we are willing to spend money on. Because I look at the money we throw at an inland port versus the wait list versus services for folks who really need the help. Nate. Uh, sure. Um, you know, I, Did I, I just throw you a no, little no, no, softball? I, I, do I, that up for no, you? No, I, I mean, I think, um, you know, obviously, uh, if, if it were up to me, I'd spend the money a little differently. Yeah. Um, but it's not all up to me. I do think there's a lot of uh, funding put into uh, disability services. I think there's certainly a lot more we could do on the mental health side. Um, you know, they just passed a few years ago that amendment that allowed them to spend money a little bit differently on uh, kids or people with disabilities. And we're still kind of waiting to see where that goes. But um, I think there's... There's some progress, but I think we can always do a little better. It's pretty easy to crack on lawmakers. They're an easy target, all right? Well, I have to, you know, I'm trying to be friendly to them. I, I work with them a lot. So. <laughs> okay, so let's let uh, Stacy handle that. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, the session is coming up in January. There's, what, maybe one more month of interim, and they yeah. kind of take December off, and then January the session starts. 
and 45 days were off and, and running. So um, your organizations and the umbrella and Justice for All needs a lot of support, whether that's folks who can donate their treasure or their time, Stacy. Um, that's absolutely true. Um, and Justice for All is completely a labor of love where people give personally. We have a lot of people in the legal community who give and a lot of people in the community who care about these issues. We're really lucky to have such good friends here. And even up on the hill, there are a lot of people who are very supportive of the work we do and who really work hard to uh, put our causes forward and let us have time to talk about what's going on and this side of things that maybe a lot of people don't even think about. Um, but if anybody wants to donate or wants to get involved, uh, you could go to our website, andjusticeforall.org, and you can find out a little bit more about the work we do and how you can get involved. And your priorities in particular. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to break this down so people understand there's this umbrella organization that gets you economies of scale for, you know, your your physical space, your office supplies maybe, and, and uh, kind of collating your your fundraising but the priorities across the board for the organization involved and i'm just looking at the website here family safety and stability safe and affordable housing disability rights consumer protection education protection of seniors and veterans health care and government benefits immigration income security and issues facing native americans migrant workers and other marginalized groups and if your organizations weren't doing it who would that's absolutely right i know uh, the Disability Law Center in particular uh, did a survey a few years ago where most of the people surveyed said they had nowhere else to go. Yeah, we hear that a lot. And if we're going to be serious about spending our money where we want it to go, that's about imagining a different way of life. And so it gets another song on the playlist. Who wants to tell us why this one's on? It's a classic. And uh, Stacy, maybe we've already said enough. <laughs> well, I... I mean, this is one of my favorite songs because it's such a great idea of everybody taking care of, e of each other and of loving each other. And it's a beautiful fantasy that I hope comes true one day. John Lennon. Thank you. An acoustic version on KRCL 90.9, Music Meets Activism. John Lennon from the Music Meets Activism playlist of our guests from And Justice for All, an umbrella organization for several working on issues in our community at free and low cost for, for folks in need. And Stacy, I was hoping you could describe the average client so folks listening can understand who you serve and, and also maybe recognize that there are services available to them. Um, yeah, our average client is actually a woman uh, with her children living in poverty. Uh, those are the people who come to us the most for so much of what we do is family law. It's based around families and their children getting the education services they need, getting protective orders if they're in difficult situations. So, yeah, dis disabled uh, members of our community, members of our community experiencing domestic violence. There is no income test, correct, Amy? Those 
you provide services to get people to safety. Right. It's it's a little bit different for each agency, but for our agency for Utah Legal Services, we want to make sure that we are able to help those folks who are in physical danger, domestic violence situations, and help them get out of that. And so we do have exceptions to what our typical um, income tests are, so we can help yeah. them regardless, and senior citizens as well. And dis- disability law center as well? Yeah, so we actually provide our services. Yeah, so it, there's no income limit yeah. for our services. Your services are free. They're free, um, and we're... Uh, you know, we don't have an income cap or anything like that. If you're a person with a disability experiencing discrimination, you know, we imagine a world uh, <laughs> Way to go. where uh, you know, people are free from discrimination. So, um, so we're, we're trying to do that. We just have a few minutes left with And Justice for All. And I wanted to ask about um, uh, pro bono hours because there's always newly minted attorneys in our community and they need to do some pro bono hours as part of the gig. And I'm guessing you, you find a way to put those pro bono hours to work. We absolutely do. We work so closely with the legal community. They're our biggest supporters. And we do. We, we, so attorneys in Utah have a responsibility to uh, do so many pro bono hours or give money. And uh, many of them come and support our work and work in our legal clinics. Uh, Amy, uh, Utah Legal Services, has a huge pro bono program I usually refer everybody to them first yeah Yeah, we do yeah absolutely I mean we try to help as many people as we can in-house but of course there's always more need than what we can provide and so we have a pro bono unit uh, and that's what that's the work that they do is help match up private attorneys who are willing to donate their time to handle a case and take on a client's you know issues and help them navigate the legal system we in order to support those private attorneys those newly minted uh, attorneys we do have have something called the Domestic Lawyers Academy, where we train them up on how to handle a family law case, walk them through it, and provide all the support necessary. And I wanted to close with what y'all are able to do with a dollar. We just finished fundraising for our own nonprofit, and we can stretch it six ways to Sunday. But the return on one dollar to a Justice for All and its umbrella, it's, the organizations under its umbrella, is really impressive. Can you give us some stats on that? Um, yeah, so for every dollar that you donate to Unjustice for All, it provides uh, $7.24 in services. Um, that is also a savings to the community. You're saving the court's time. You're saving the police time. Um, and so all this kind of adds up into being a great benefit for our community. Uh, so An excellent return on investment. Excellent ROI, yes, as they R-O-I. say R-O-I. in the business community. Well, folks, you can check tonight's show notes for a link to Injustice for All, as well as the Disability Law Center and Utah Legal Services. And consider getting involved. Maybe you're a newly minted attorney. You're looking for somewhere to do your pro bono hours. But uh, this, this list you gave me was really long, and I was only able to work in a couple. So we'll post it all in the show notes, folks. And maybe it's a playlist that will inspire you in the work you do to make Utah a better place. We're going to go out with a fun one, though. Anybody want to say anything about Robert Randolph and the family band? Just a fun song, Amy? This came from one of our staff members. So yeah. just, way to go, Jacob Kent. <laughs> Thank, you, Thank you so much for coming down and I wish you the best uh, legislative session coming up. Please keep in touch. Love to have you on if you need to report out to the community and, and shake a few trees via the radio, okay? We'd be happy to. All right. Thanks Thank you, so much. Uh, my thanks to all of our guests and you for listening, plugging into your community. I'm Laura Jones. Democracy Now! coming up next, but first, Robert Randolph and the family band taking us out. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. 
KRCL, Salt Lake City. KRCL would like to say thank you to Moochie's Meatballs, Commerce and Craft, and Prohibition, Inc. for issuing challenge grants during our fall radiothon. And we'd also like to thank our listeners for supporting local businesses. Support for KRCL comes from our listeners and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.